Unplugged In podcast, a new project from the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. Welcome to the Plugged In podcast. I'm Alex Stevens, a policy analyst here at the Institute for Energy Research. Joining me today to discuss energy forecasting is Rob Allerman, the Senior Director of Power Analytics at Pattern Recognition Technologies. Rob, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. While I was preparing for our podcast today, the biggest question that people came back to me with was, uh, what exactly is energy forecasting? So maybe that's the best place to to start here. Yeah, so uh, energy forecasting, it, it comprises of uh, forecasting load, and it also comprises of forecasting different types of uh, energy. And, and a lot of that has to do with especially um, lately is renewables, um, and that's uh, wind generation, solar generation, even hydro generation to some extent. And uh, so <clears throat> PRT does that in a, in a, in a kind of different way than, than other companies do. Um, we use artificial intelligence and machine learning to do that. Maybe you can just give a little bit more background about the history of PRT, um, and then maybe just your background, too. What did you do before you joined them? So actually, PRT was one of the first companies to use this technology in, in energy forecasting. Um, Al Kahnenstadt, um, he, he founded this company um, back uh, in the early 90s. Um, Al was a professor of electrical engineering at SMU, uh, for 33 years, and he was um, actually approached by EPRA in the early 90s to lead a project um, to develop uh, the first, he actually developed the first commercial neural network-based uh, load forecasting. And so he founded the company, um, and he started using machine learning and AI to uh, develop uh, load forecasting in ERCOT in, in Texas, and then he ultimately um, used that approach for uh, all of North America and uh, and move that into uh, wind forecasting and solar forecasting. Um, so it's been a very uh, very successful company. Um, my background is um, I actually uh, started off as a, a hydrologist in the Pacific Northwest, um, but was always very interested in, in hydro generation. Um, ended up working for uh, utilities in the Northwest and for Bonneville Power Administration. And then about 11 years ago, I moved to Houston and started working on uh, trade floors in the Houston area. And uh, bef- right before I uh, went, came here with Julian Info, I was head of North America Analytics for EDF Trading. Okay, great. Yeah. Machine learning is a tech that I feel like I read about quite a bit and hear about quite a bit in the news. Um, I think to a lot of people, though, uh, it's not always clear exactly what we mean by that. So um, could you just give us a uh, an overview of what exactly machine learning is? Um, yeah, and- so, so let me give you an example of how, how we take this technology and use it for our forecast. So, so our forecasts are, are very much based on weather. So, so when we look at load forecasting, the, the biggest component of load forecast is, is temperature and, uh, and other components of the weather. So we have four different weather vendors that we're using. And so our technology is looking at those weather vendors and it's continuously learning what these weather forecasts have, what kind of biases these weather forecasts have, and what, how their errors 
are and, and or or if there's not errors in these weather forecasts. And it's continuously changing the weight of these forecasts on a real-time basis. And that's why our, our forecasts are so accurate, because they're not just using one forecast or two forecasts or or a blend of the, or, you know, averaging those forecasts. They're weighting those forecasts differently, continuously, and always learning what forecast is better. And it's, and it's also learning any kind of new trends that are happening with, with the load or, or certain kind of patterns of the weather. And, and that's, and that's how we've been so successful with our forecasts. Yeah. So for somebody who's maybe not as familiar with uh, the way our electric grid works, um, maybe you give, that person an idea of how important forecasting is in terms of the reliability of the grid and then also uh, the role that it plays in keeping our electricity affordable. Sure, sure. So so having a really good forecast for, for all of these, uh, for load, and, and now as we bring on renewables, um, it's really important because electricity has to be, once it's, once it's um, made, so to speak, it has to be used. It it always has to be balanced. We don't have, at this time, we don't have the technology to store that electricity. So it always has to be used and it always has to be balanced. So the better kind of forecast you have, the better you can manage that grid. If, so say, for example, your utility knows that there's going to be a certain amount of load or, or that's consumption on the grid, that Utility can make sure that they either produce enough electricity for that load. If they aren't able to produce enough electricity, they have to buy that electricity on the wholesale market from other entities. So if your utility has a really good load forecast, for example, like from PRT, they are able to, to, um, to, to get that electricity correctly. But if they have a poor load forecast, they may actually buy electricity in the day ahead market when maybe they didn't need to and and they would waste money. So that would be an example of of ways that your utility may not be doing a good job if they don't have the correct kind of forecast. Um, Likewise, on the other side, if they have a poor wind forecast, they may plan incorrectly if they think there's going to be too much wind and and purchase or sell electricity incorrectly with with an incorrect wind forecast to make sure that the grid is balanced and and with renewables because renewables are moving around so much and you don't have control of them you have to always make sure you're prepared through the wholesale market by purchasing or selling electricity to keep the grid balanced yeah so that's a really interesting point um Something that you've pointed out there is the way that forecasting has changed in probably the recent decades here with the uh, the increase in renewables. And I'm guessing uh, storage plays a factor in a lot of the changes that we've seen as well. Um, can you just talk about those developments a little bit, how the advent of these things have changed your guys' approach to things over time? Yeah, so there are some some new technologies that are coming online, um, some, some storage, some batteries. Um, they're um they're very much in their infancy right now so um so you know we we do we do expect there's going to be some some improvement in this the storage technology but there there's not a lot right now um the way that we're you know you're handling um these big changes and you know if if wind spikes up or spikes down really quickly the way it's being handled right now is through uh gas peakers so 
there's some new technology with gas where you're able to turn those the gas on really really fast and then and then you turn it off and so that's kind of the way we've been able to um, balance the grid with with renewables at this time the older technologies such as as coal um, fired plants or older gas-fired plants that were uh, that were very efficient, they they are they can't react very quickly to uh, to those changes, and so that's something that we've seen that's really changed a lot on the grid. Um, you're seeing less of these really older um, older plants that used to just kind of turn on and always be on. Um, those type of plants are kind of going away, but until we have um, a very robust uh, utility scale storage um that's the, the these gas peakers are kind of the way that we're balancing the grid also we're balancing the grid through the wholesale market and that's purchasing and um or selling um power in in, in the day ahead markets or the real-time markets sure that was something that i wanted to ask you about is you know from a public policy standpoint we hear proposals for things like a 100% renewable grid and things. And from your perspective, as somebody who works in this forecasting, uh, how practical is that actually as a as a policy measure? Um, yeah, I, I mean, until until we have some utility scale um, storage, um, we will continue to need to use um, to use the gas peakers to to balance the grid. Um, because wind is is not something that um, stays on or or you know it stays on when people are using electricity, um, it, it's variable. It, it moves around all the time. Now solar does um, it, it does come on during the day when people are using electricity, but it does come off at um, you know especially in the winter um, in the early evening when when load is still coming up. Um, so you would need a replacement um, for, for that, um, and, and that does tend to be a gas peaker. Um, but again, yeah, without utility scale storage, um, we can't get to 100% renewables at this time. Yeah, so I'd love to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit, a little bit about you know uh, practical examples of how PRT is putting this technology to use. Last year in Power Magazine, there was a nice write-up about the work that you guys were doing with uh, Independence Power and Light, which uh, ended up saving ratepayers a ton of money. Um, do you want to just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So yeah. So so I alluded to it a little bit earlier, um, and not that specific um, article, but. Um, so something you can do is if you have a really good load forecast, um, you can plan ahead on, on what kind of units you need to make available to to make load and uh, or to make sure your your customers have enough electricity. And you don't have to go into the day ahead market and buy electricity if you think if you think load is going to be too high. So the the problem can be is if if your load forecast is is wrong or or let's say you're, you're you think you're going to be in a cold snap or a heat wave, and your load forecast is is too high, and you go out there and you buy electricity ahead of a cold snap or heat wave, wholesale prices can be pretty high, and if you go ahead and buy that power, but that power isn't needed because that load forecast was incorrect. You may be stuck with power um, that you don't need, and if that if that load forecast was incorrect and the load actually is a lot lower, 
when you go into the real-time market, the supply-demand was will be a lot lower, and those real-time prices will be much lower than when you bought them on the wholesale day-ahead market, and then you lose money. And so that's that's an example of having an accurate load forecast and how you can save money. And those are the things that we we do with a lot of utility clients that we have. Yeah, and everything that I've read about PRT, it seems like you guys have had a great track record of uh, repeating that success um, back in November uh, down in Texas when uh, you guys had the first cold snap of the winter down there. PRT's forecast was vastly outperforming ERCOT ISO's own forecasts, and uh, just yeah, yeah. That, that that was another example of of us being a. Uh, being ahead of the ISO, the ISO was over forecasting, um, and and we were um, it's exactly the same example. <laughs> so if you were looking at the ISO forecast, you would have uh, you would have bought more power than you needed, and uh, and and that's exactly what happened. The day ahead um, market prices were much higher, and then when when the real time prices came out, they were much lower because the ISO had over forecasted load. Out of uh, out of curiosity, I'm from Michigan, and this past winter, uh, especially back in February, they had that uh, week of extremely cold temperatures. Uh, was PRT's technology being used up there at all? Yes, we we do uh, do load forecasts for for the MISO ISO, and that was uh, that was a really interesting time period. Um, there was that was an extreme extreme event, and there was um initially the load was um was very very high and then the interesting thing that happened during that event was that there were so many school closures and things that the load actually ended up being a little bit lower than what the temperatures would indicate but um but our forecast was able to quickly after that first first day to recognize that the, that load was actually lower than the temperature would indicate and it learned from that and and we were able to adjust our forecast but but it was a very interesting event and it was it was such an extreme event that we actually had not seen some of those those type of uh those type of conditions before so about a a week or two ago i had alan gilmer of drilling info on the podcast and about uh, a little more than a year ago Drilling Info acquired PRT. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that relationship and how working on both the supply and demand side of things there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we are doing so. So PRT is has been traditionally a, a, a company that provides um, load, wind, solar forecasts, and and um, in, a, in a pricing forecast forecast based on the artificial intelligence technology. Drilling Info. Uh, Traditionally, has been a company that's provide um, oil and gas um, analytics, and so um, Drilling Info is now um, obviously partnering with PRT, and is also going to provide um, more analytics, power analytics, um, based on the the PRT technology that's already there. So, so we're going to kind of ramp up what PRT already does. That's <clears throat> kind of similar. Or, or, with the same type of model that drilling info is already set in place. So, so PRT will be, um, is already starting to roll out some new products based on, um, power analytics and, and support their clients and their, their power traders and utilities with, with a little more detailed power analytics, some more descriptions around 
why prices might be doing what they're doing and why the market might be might be trading the way it's trading. Now, re- returning to uh, the Midwest and what we were talking about before, um, how important is it for your guys' technology to be in a position to look at um, forecasts when you have extreme situations like that? Because given the machine learning, I'm guessing your guys' approach is to try to put the technology in use in those situations as much as possible so that when they arise in the future, you guys have information about it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a very good point. And and the, that is something that um, you know we we take very seriously, and we're, we're, we look at that and and want to apply um, those extreme events into our into our um, into our technology, so that we can we can learn from that. And and that's what this technology lends itself so well to is that it, it's in there. It's it's the you know the the technology's learned what that extreme event looks like, and the next time that extreme event comes along. We will, you know, we will be able to really hit it, and that's that's why this, this, for example, like that cold snap in in Texas that we had in November. That's why we were able to to do such a good job with that because we've had cold snaps like that in the past, and it's able to go right back to that um, that similar event and and do a good job with it. What should people be on the lookout for from uh, PRT in the near future, and where can people go to find out a little bit more about uh, what you guys are working on there? The latest thing we did was we started a hydro generation forecast for the Pacific Northwest. Um, we had a webinar just recently um, to, to talk about that. Um, we are we're hoping this summer to start um, putting out a little bit um, some more um, analytics for PJM, MISO, uh, ERCA, SVP, KISO, and MidSea. Um, so that should be coming out this summer. Um, you can uh, go to our website. We've got some um, descriptions on some of the stuff that we're doing on there. So, um, yeah, so we're real excited about the future and, uh, and what PRT is going to uh, provide to, to our customers and, and the power, uh, power markets. Great. My guest today has been Rob Allerman. Rob, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Thank you.